if you would open your Bibles and go there, I want you to understand something. That in this, in this verse of Scripture here, the, the Apostle Paul is trying to defend himself to the Corinthian church. You see, the Corinthian church knew who Paul was before he became Paul. They knew that he was Saul. They knew that he was the, 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 the person that was persecuting the church. They, un, they understood what was going on. You see, we, we, uh, we today have, uh, have so many TV shows that we can, turn the, you know, we can turn our TV on in our living rooms and, and we can watch preachers from all over the United States and all over the world preach the Word of God right into our homes. And we can, we can do all of that and, 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 and that's important. But the fact of the matter is, is we can't follow a man. We've got to follow a man by the name of Jesus who is, the, who is God himself. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. A very simple scripture that most of us should, in here should know. It says that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being for, from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Paul here was talking about, he was referencing Jesus. He was talking, and talking about Jesus himself. He wasn't talking about the Father, but he was talking about Jesus. In this passage we read this morning, the great apostle Paul tells us all about what we need. He said, I don't have to defend myself for who I am because it's who I am in. When you're without Jesus, then you're in serious trouble. You can do nothing in and of yourself. Without Jesus, you are nothing. We see that in John 15 and 5. The latter part of the verse says that, without, uh, that, you, that you are nothing without me. That was Jesus himself speaking. That says you, can, you cannot do anything without me. Yet with him you could do all that he would have you do. Philippians 4.13 says, says I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Allow, uh, allow us to go through this for just a few moments this morning. You see, there's a few things that we need Jesus for. There's a few things that Jesus is all we need for. Number one, he's Jesus is all we need for salvation. There is nothing else or no one else in this earth that can give you salvation than Jesus himself. How do we understand that? Because, first of all, he, he had a, there was a price that he paid. You see, there would be no salvation today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. There, you know, we, we would still be back in, the, in the, uh, the Levitical law where we had to go to the priest. The priest had to go into the holies of holies. Without Jesus and without the atonement, without his bloodshed, there would not be salvation. We would be lost in translation. I don't know if I could live like that. I don't know if I could be like that. With, with having the experience of Jesus Christ that I've got in my life today, I don't understand how people in the Old Testament lived going from year to year asking the priest to, ha- to, to make atonement for them. They must have led some boring lives, just normal, uh, normal everyday lives of going up by the motions and doing everything, you know, but after, after Jesus Christ came and he gave us the opportunity to go to him ourselves, we have the opportunity to allow ourselves to be in him and to live in him, you know, to get up daily and say, Jesus, today I will serve you. Get up daily and say, Jesus, I am so glad that you're in my life. Jesus, I am so glad that you saved me, sanctified me, filled, with me, filled me with the Holy Ghost. There would be no salvation if not for the cross of Calvary. He paid that price. He shed his blood. How do we understand the price that he paid? There's also a promise that he made. In regard to salvation, Jesus made several 
precious promises. Let's, let's, let's look at these promises here real quick. Number one, anyone can be saved. John chapter 3 verse 16 says that for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If I read my Bible correctly and I read that scripture it doesn't say that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that some people would be saved. It says that whosoever should believe upon him shall be saved. We've got to understand that we're not, we're not people that can pick and choose who we choose to, to, to minister to to get saved. We are not choosers of men. Jesus is the one that beckons those by the power of the Holy Ghost and he uses us to go out into the highways and the byways like some of you did yesterday and to teach and preach to those who don't understand who he is to give them things and to do service for them so that when they come into the house of God as he beckons them they come into the house of God and no matter what they look like, no matter what they smell like, no matter what they're doing, no matter what kind of condition they're in, they can be saved under the unction of the power of God. Anyone can be saved. Secondly, any sin can be forgiven. It doesn't matter how, you know, I've heard this too often times that I've gone too far. I've done too many things that God cannot save me from. I want you to understand today that you have never gone too far. There is only one sin that is unforgiven by God, and that is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And, and it's pretty much almost uh, impossible to do that unless you just completely turn yourself around and, and just say that there is no God and there is no Holy Ghost. But, the, but here's the thing, is that no matter how far you go, I've heard drunks say, you know what, I'm so far down to alcohol, my liver is gone, everything is gone, there's not a God in heaven that would see me that way he will not save me I want you to know today that it doesn't matter how much of an alcoholic you are God through his mercy and his grace will save you as long as you believe in him and you come down to the altar of grace and you confess your sins and turn it over to him any sin can be saved you know there are murderers that are sitting in prison that is probably one of the most heinous crimes that there ever is but it still doesn't matter that murderer sitting on death row as long as he professes Jesus Christ as his personal savior he he kneels down by his bedside and he gives his heart to the Lord he can be saved no sin is is too great for God to save any sin can be forgiven all who believe shall receive eternal life once you give your heart to God you shall receive eternal life in heaven. It doesn't say that you're going to be living on this old world forever. It doesn't say that you're just going to be all hunky and dory and, and your life is going to be changed and you're going to do everything great from now on. No, it says, the, the, the end of the book says that there's going to come a day when we're going to hear the sound of a, of a horn blowing. We're going to see Jesus. He's going to be riding on a white horse, coming in on a cloud, coming for his people, and we're going to be going on with him into glory. We're going to see streets of gold. We're going to have mansions that are made for us. There is an eternal life that God has given us through salvation. You See, Jesus is all we need. We don't need all the hype. We don't need all the stuff that goes on. We don't need to worry about all these things that are going on on television where all we see is, is people worshiping idols and people worshiping this, worshiping money, worshiping people who are in, in a, uh, who are uh, actors or uh, people who are in, uh, uh, very popular, you know. There are so many things that people have wrapped themselves around into this world and they've neglected to, to find out that the real thing that we need to understand is that Jesus Christ is everything that we need. We've got a people in this nation that because things are happening to them, they get depressed. And they get all shaken up and, and, and they get into this mode where nothing is going to help me. I've got news for them today. We serve a God that loves them. 
We serve a God that can take that depression and turn it around. We've got people sitting in this room, in this very room right now that can testify to this very matter that they were once in, in a deep and dark depression. They were once doing things that they shouldn't have been doing, but they have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And because of that, their life has been turned around, and now they, they are being used mightily of God. All who believe receive eternal life. All believe who all who believe are promised deliverance from hell. You see, before we get saved, we're all doomed and we're going to hell. But when we lean down to an altar and give our heart to God, at that very moment when He accepts us in, no longer are we doomed to dying in a dark and dismal hell. No longer do we have to go down and, and be there for eternity and, and having gnashing of teeth and, and having a fire that is consuming us. Romans 5 and 9 tells us that through Jesus we are all saved from the wrath of God. You see, hell is the wrath of God. It is the judgment of God on those who don't accept Him. There's going to come a day, Brother Eddie, that when people get up to, the, to, to heaven and, and, and they're standing before the throne room, God's going to say, I don't know you. Depart from me, you evil one. And as soon as that happens, they are immediately going to be cast into the lake of fire. And I'm telling you, I do not want to be part of that. When we are saved, we are delivered from hell. All who believe are promised an eternity in heaven. So Jesus is all we need for salvation. Secondly, Jesus is all we need in this society. I want you to understand something extremely important today. We've got it all wrong. We've got it all messed up. Society from not only the United States but all over the world has got this thing all messed up. You can go back over time. Over, I, I can remember just, just throughout my lifetime, several of these things actually happened on my birthday. I can remember being in high school. I was in a current, current events class in, in, in 1995. On April 19th was my birthday. I had just turned 18 years old. And on that very day, something very tragic happened. And that very tragic thing was the Oklahoma City bombing. That was when there was a truck sitting outside the, the, the great big old building and, and the bomb went off. I can remember just, I believe it was two years before that, that Waco, Texas happened on April 19, 1993. You see, this world has got things all messed up. People are following things that they don't need to follow. People are following uh, other people who are claiming to be uh, the righteous one. You know, the Bible says that there are going to be those that are going to come and deceive us. They are following things that are deceiving them. They are following people, and they are following uh, antics. They are following programs. They are following, you know, we, we've got so many things going on now. All you've got to do is uh, apply to, the, to your, your, your local home state for any kind of assistance, and as long as you fit the criteria, you can get into that assistance. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong against assistance. You know, and there are so many psychiatrists and and, and uh, 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 those people that do counseling for people who, are, who are, uh, think that they're sick in the mind and all, the, all these sorts of things. The society has gotten it all wrong. And why has society gotten all wrong? It's because we've taken prayer out of our schools. It's because we've taken God out of society. You know, nowadays they're wanting to take, they're wanting to take the word God out of our courthouses. They're wanting to take that word under God off of our Pledge of Allegiance. They're wanting to do so many things, uh, and, and it's taken everything right out. But what we need to get back to as a nation, 
What we need to get back to as a people is understanding that, it's, that Jesus is all we need. If we just start focusing on him and focusing on what he can do for us instead of the, the programs and the antics and, and all the millions of dollars that are spent annually on people who, who need help, and if they would just find themselves in, in, into a, a good Bible-believing church that can, that can teach them that Jesus is the answer for their problems. You see, we need his book. We need this book right here. And I I know it's pink, but it's my wife's Bible. I apologize. I come from Cuba this morning, and my Bible was at home. But we need the Word of God. Sadly, today, there are so many many of these books that are sitting on bookshelves in people's homes that have collected so much dust that that when they got in there, there were probably all kinds of things in there, and they probably wouldn't even understand what it said anyway. We've got to get back to reading the Word of God. What America needs today, as well as the rest of the world, is to return to the Bible. The Bible would do more to change society, every program, the government can start. Our trouble began when man decided that he knew more than the Lord and threw the Bible out. That's the problem we have, is man began to think that, and this all started with Lucifer himself. You know, he decided that he was going to be better than God, so God cast him out. Man's doing the same thing. We see it all the way back in the Bible when they tried to build a tower up to him, and he, he caused different languages and, and scattered them. Man has always tried to be greater and better than God, but that's not possible. But, but we tend to do things like that. Now we have returned to the standard that prevailed during the days of, of the judges in, in, in Israel. This is a standard of living known as moral relativism. We are living in moral relativism, which means that whatever is good is good. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Whatever you do, as long as it works for you, it must work for me. And that's, that's not always the case. The, you know, uh, the programs for, for uh, drug abusers doesn't always work for every drug abuser. I've got a cousin right now who's sitting in, in, uh, in Boonville Correctional Center. He got caught with drugs, and he did something that, that I, I, is basically unheard of. As a drug dealer, he turned to God. That's unheard of in today's society. We don't see drug dealers turning to God. But instead of going to some halfway house or some, or, or, or some different program to try to get himself off of drugs, what he did is he went home where mama and daddy, and daddy are, who know how to pray and get a hold of God. He walked in, he went into his bedroom, locked the doors, and said, you know what, I'm about to do this by myself. He grabbed a hold of his word and began to read the word and what the word of God could do for him. And as he started to go through detox from methamphetamines and marijuana and just about any other drug you could find, he found, he found a, 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 a solidity. In the word of God, he started to find solitude. He started to find things that would help him through. And all of a sudden, he find himself right in the midst of his, of his trials and going through all this, all this body weakness and everything going on. You know, the body purges all that stuff, all that, all that impurities out. And as he was going through that, he was sweating. And he had fever and chills. And for, for four solid weeks, you know, he got sick. And, and, and it, it, he, he did it all under the power of God. He did it all because he understand who Jesus was. I got a letter from him just a few days ago, and he is so geared up and ready. He started Bible studies in prison. He, he is understanding that uh, he's kind of feeling like the Apostle Paul. You know, Paul had to go through prison, uh, a lot of different prison uh, places so he can get to people. And, and Danny right now is feeling that that's what his, uh, what his duty is in prison is to reach people. He started Bible studies. Um, I, he wrote me about a 
almost a 10-page letter of what he wants to do when he gets out. He wants to come here and he wants to help us uh, reach those that are addicted to methamphetamines and those that are addicted to other drugs. You see, that's what God can do. Jesus is all we need. He didn't need some 12-step program to help him get off of that. All he needed when he got home was to kneel down uh, next to his bed, pray to Jesus, and Jesus answered him and said, no, you're going to go through this the right way. You know, when warrants came out and he went to jail, yeah, he was a little bit upset, but he began to understand some things a little bit more and a little bit more. But we need the Bible. We have got to get back to reading God's Word. We need His blood. I preached on the blood not too long ago, all, all, all because of a comment that I read on, on, on a, an article about someone saying that we don't need the blood today, that the blood was only shed on that day, and that's all it was needed. I beg to differ with that. We need the blood today. I don't know about you, but when I have troubles and trials, and when I have family problems, and I have issues that I'm going through, when I begin to pray, I begin to pray the blood of Jesus. I begin to plead the blood of Jesus over my life. I plead the blood of Jesus over our families. I plead the blood of Jesus over this church every day, every day when I wake up in the morning I start praying for this church and I plead the blood I plead it over this church over the people over the families we need to get back to the blood man has invented many religions I said man has done many religions invented many religions which he follows in an effort to make himself feel better about himself we've got there are so many people in the United States that are sitting in churches today, that the only reason why they are even there is to make themselves feel better about themselves. They're not there to worship God. They're not, they're not there to get saved by Jesus' blood. They're not there to, to, to do anything but to feel good about Those are called our Sunday morning warriors or those that just show up on Sunday morning. They're never there on Sunday night. They're never there on, on Wednesday night. They don't pay their tithes. You know, they, just, they just show up all dressed in their fancy you know, clothes just so the community can see them there. That's, where, that's what this world has come to is, is traditionalism or legalism, getting into those kinds of things. But our world is in the mess it is in today because man has neglected the only plan of salvation ever known by man that can make the vilest sinner clean. We don't go out and teach and preach the way of salvation anymore like, it, like we used to. You know, we don't hit the streets teaching about salvation the way we used to. We've got to get back to learning that the blood cleanses our sins learning that le- learning that our black heart could be turned white by jesus's red blood we've got to understand that we also need his blessings we need the bible we need his blood we need his blessings and by blessings i'm not talking about monetary blessings i'm not talking about blessings of cars blessings of homes blessings of of, of things of a, a a materialistic manner no what i'm talking about is blessings that we receive from him that allows us to grow in him. We've got to have times when Jesus blesses us so much that we, we begin to increase our, our faith in him. We begin to increase our, our joy in him. You know, we've got we've got to get back to having those great moves of God where Jesus is flowing through us and his, his blessings are flowing and, and we go from, from one glory to the next glory and from this glory to that glory. I'm sick and tired of coming to church and, and I'm not saying we're doing that here, but I've been so sick and tired of going to church in the past where we did, we just go in and we just we stand up, we sing three songs and we hear a message and we, we 
go home and no one ever gets blessed by God. But I'm telling you, there are people that are coming into our churches. This is a healing house. This is a hospital. There are people that are coming in with broken hearts. They're coming in with broken lives. And when they're coming in, they're coming in hurt and scarred and marred. But I'm telling you, there's a Jesus that is here. That when they come in, he's, he is willing to take control of those scars. He's willing to take on those pains and those hurts. The Bible says that he bore our pains. He bore our sorrows. He bore those on his back. We've got to get back to his blessings. We need the blessings of Jesus Christ. He is all we need. He's all we need for salvation. He's all we need for society. He's all we need for service. Jesus is all we need for service. You see, Jesus, is the, he was the ultimate example of what service is. I alluded to this last week of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He took time out of his very own precious time. You know, he was getting ready to, 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 to be sacrificed for mankind. But yet he still took the time out to wash the disciples' feet to show them service. He's all we need. You know, there, there are many people in today's, in today's society that just feel like they can't do anything. They feel like that all they can do is come and sit in a seat and worship the best they can, and they can't do anything. As the body of Christ, there are so many things that you can get into. There are so many things that you can do. I mean, you, you, can, you can refill the Kleenex boxes. You can refill the anointing oil. You know, you can, you can pray for the piano player. You can pray for the musicians. You can sit in the back seat and, and, beca- and become an intercessory uh, intercessor. Uh, someone who prays and does intercessory for the church. There are so many things that we can do. Jesus is all we need for service. Number one, he gives us the ability to serve. Any kind of ability that we have, the ability to get up here and to preach God's word is not mine. Let me tell you that. I, I, am, I am a hick from the sticks. I, I, I don't know how to speak eloquently. I don't know how to speak with big words. But one thing I do know is, is I have studied the Word of God, and I know that when He speaks to my heart, I am able to give the Word of God that He gives me only by the anointing and the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost that is flowing through me, which we learned in Sunday school is called the charisma of God, is letting the Holy Ghost flow through us. He, he gives us the ability. We, see, we saw that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that through Jesus we can do all things. Everything is possible. Nothing is impossible. It's not impossible for you if, if you are... If you can't speak in front of people to get up here and speak in front of people. As long as you've got the power of the Holy Ghost, that can happen. Secondly, he gives us avenues for service. We saw that yesterday. You know, if we as a church have, have, have gotten functions that are, that are scheduled that we do in order to reach those. We went out into the, into the park yesterday, and unfortunately I was unable to be there for doing a wedding yesterday out of town, but, but several of our people were in the, in the community in the park, and they were giving out Bibles, and they were, they were giving out uh, things, and, and they were speaking to people and speaking into people's lives, doing things. You see, God will give you an avenue, and sometimes He will give you an avenue when you don't even know the avenue is right there, right there in front of your eyes. There are some times when you might be in the Walmart store, and all of a sudden there's somebody in front, in front of you who, who has got their basket, and they're at the checkout line, and all of a sudden they've got three kids running around, and you see that their groceries are there, and all of a sudden they swipe their card, and it says it's declined. Can I get a witness? It says it's declined, and they're, they're going from card to card, and their EBT card is all, is all done and out. And all of a sudden, this, this person that is at the cash register begins to weep and sob because this is their, their, their only way to get groceries for their family. 
And all of a sudden, God is starting to, you know, as long as you got the money and got the, got the means that he has already provided, he's starting to put something in your heart to go ahead and to help her pay for those. And sometimes it's not the whole amount. Sometimes it's just a little amount. But you know what? That's what God does is he puts avenues in our way that we can become ambassadors of his. He also gives us advancement in service. Now, I didn't start out as a pastor from day one. I didn't. As a matter of fact, I didn't even start out as a youth pastor from day one or a Sunday school teacher from day one or, or, or any kind of, a, a pro, uh, uh, of anything. I started off serving the church just by doing puppets in the children's church when I was about 12 years old under the direction of Pastor Josh Vandegraaff's uncle, Chris Vandegraaff. I can remember to this day, he would give us a lesson and, and all it was was our parts and what we'd say with these, with these puppets. But you know what? That was service for the Lord. That's where, that's where we started out. And eventually as we grow older and we do our ministry, he, he grows our ministries from this, from this ministry to this ministry to this ministry and grows us in advancement in service until, until we finally get to where he has truly called us to be. You see, there has to be a training process. Jesus does a, a, there's a training ground for what you must go through in order for you to get to your final and, and, your, and your, your, your fulfillment and your calling in God. Jesus is all we need for satisfaction. Too many people are walking around this world trying to get satisfaction from things that are horrible. People are trying to get satisfaction from alcohol. They're trying to get satisfaction from illicit drugs. They're trying to get satisfaction from prescribed pain medicines. They're trying to get satisfaction from, from pornography. They're trying to get satisfaction from, from, uh, from living a promiscuous life. They're trying to get satisfaction in all these sorts of ways. And all they're finding is more heartache. All they're finding is more trouble. All they're finding is, is, is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. I, I can remember back when I was uh, uh, younger and I was in, in the military, I, I was one of those people. You know, I, I, I was away from my parents. I, was, I didn't have, you know, anybody with me. I was all alone and in my little pity party myself. And, and I, I found solace for a little while in alcohol and cigarettes. I found, I found solitude in that for a little while. But you know what? When I would, when I would, get, uh, uh, when I would start drinking in the evening time and it would come late at night and, and I, I would be, I would be uh, my body would just be uh, uh, under, under a control of that substance you know, when I would wake up in the morning, I would feel worse than I did before I even started drinking. You see, that? that's what the world doesn't understand, is that they're never going to be satisfied with things of this world that only take away the pain for a little bit. And then when they, when they, when they wake up or when they, when they come to out of, out of, that, out of that, that, that part where their body is kind of like, a, like in, a, in a, a realm all of its own and, and you're not feeling no pain, you know, there's going to come consequences to that as well. You know, in law enforcement, I, I, in, in I think roughly 10 years, I wrote well over 200 DWIs. I wrote a lot of DWIs. You see, there are things that people will do to try to satisfy themselves that's going to get them into more trouble than they even were to begin with. It's a downhill slope. It's a downhill spiral. You see, God, Jesus, he satisfies here on earth. He allows us to feel his presence. You know that presence that we were feeling a while ago and that we're feeling now? That presence is Jesus here on earth. You know, he's just as much here as he is in heaven. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he told her that he was able to satisfy the very desires of her soul and that she would never feel thirsty again. There are struggles and trials that we go through that make us feel wanting. 
that make us feel like we're struggling to find something. And, and there are things, and, you know, some of the things that we see that are going on today and that are, that are running rampant, you know, and I've seen this a lot, is, is young girls and boys who are, who are harming themselves and cutting themselves and, and, and mutilating their bodies. And, and, that, and, you know, pain is supposed to take away pain. And I don't understand that because I can't wrap my mind around that. But what I do know is that, that, that Jesus is the one that can understand that, and he is the one that can take all of that away. He will satisfy you as long as you give your life over to him. See, I, I've never seen a Christian who abides in Jesus have to worry about thirsting after righteousness. Why? Because he will always provide for what we need. I, the Bible says that he will never see his, his, his seed forsaken or his, or his seed begging for bread. His people forsaken or his seed begging for bread. He will never leave you in a place where, where satisfaction is not there. He will always leave you satisfied as long as you're abiding in him. If you're not abiding in him, then you're, not, you're going to be unsatisfied. If you're walking out from underneath the umbrella of God, you're not going to be satisfied. Then you're going to start looking in other places. But he is satisfactory here on earth. He also satisfies in eternity. There's going to come a day, Christian, would you go ahead and come to the piano? There's going to come a day when we're, when we're going to get the ultimate satisfaction. He's, Jesus is going to satisfy us on that day. Whether it be through the rapture or through death, there's going to come a day when we're going to stand before the judgment. And when Jesus looks at us, and knows that we have abided in him, he is going to tell us to enter in. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You may enter the kingdom of heaven. That is our ultimate satisfaction. That is our ultimate goal. Jesus is all that is important in our lives today. But you see, as Christians, we make it complicated we, we complicate things. Jesus doesn't complicate it. We do. When bills come due, we complicate it. We, we, we try to make it our own responsibility when Jesus said he is our provider. You know, we, we go, I, I've been guilty of this. We go pilfering through our house to find out what we can sell to pay our bills. We do. We complicate ourselves. Now, I know I already testified this, but I'm going to testify even further. When you're completely abiding in Jesus and he wants to satisfy you and he, and he satisfies you, when he provides for you, he works in great ways. I told you that Chris and I were going through a rough spot when I lost my job working for Coastal. I've since got another job and we're doing great. But there was a couple weeks there where we had a bunch of bills that were due and a bunch of things that we had to have taken care of that financially I didn't, I was like, where in the world is this money going to come from? And guess what I did? I went into the garage and I found something to sell. <laughs> but it was something that I didn't need anymore. And, God, and, and, and I prayed about it first. And I said, Lord, I said, you're going to have to help me in this. And he said, you got, you got something out there that you don't use. You need to sell. I had a van that needed to be licensed. We had an electric bill that was due. And we had zero dollars in the bank. So what did God do? Our electric bill was $225. 
Went over to my parents' house after they got off a of vacation, and my dad, my mom had a check waiting on me for $225. He said, now I've got some work I need you to do. And I know he's my dad. He likes to do that. But he, had, he wanted me to work on his camper and fix the slide out. The little module had gone. The gearbox had gone out. So I fixed his camper, and he wrote me another check. And he, he did it this way. He, he got online, and he looked up the how many hours it was supposed to take for the maintenance on that module. And he paid me $60 an hour, and it was supposed to take two hours. He gave me $120 extra. Then I had to go down to the county office, and I had to pay taxes, my personal property taxes, that they had kind of messed up a little bit. I walked down there, my bill was $269. So I paid it. Now you're saying how? You just said you had zero dollars. I'm about to get there here in just a minute. So then I went to the license office to license it. It was $117. And then this past week, the very day after youth revival, my wife drove down to work and she was driving Sam back to meet his cousin to go to school. And the van broke down. She called me and I went down and I towed it. Had it towed to Integrity Auto, Auto Group down there and had them fix it. Now, I want you to understand something. When we're embodying in Christ and we're understanding that He is all we need, this is how it works. I told you it cost me $117 to license my van. The check that my dad gave me for $120 covered that. My electric bill was $223. The check my dad gave me for $225 covered that. I went down to pay my taxes. They were $269. I sold the bicycle that day for $275. When I got the bill for our van, now listen to this carefully. Now, I, I normally wouldn't do this, but I, I was blessed from that church, from Bismarck. With $290. When I got the bill for my car, I tow, I, we towed the van for $40. And then the bill was $250. It was exactly $290. Let me tell you what. Jesus is all we need. We don't need some fancy program. We don't need hype to get us where we need to be. But all we need is what we sang about this morning. Is Jesus. Why? Because there's freedom in the name. When we worship the Lord, we have freedom in the name. There's power in the name. Jesus said that greater work shall you do than I did. That means that it... If we go and we, we, we say something under the name of Jesus and we truly believe that, it should be done. That was proven by his apostles. Stand with me this morning.